Happy Sunday, beautiful people. Thank you for tuning in to Align with Plants, Align with Health. It's June 12th, and it barely feels like summer here in the Pacific Northwest. I love this area, and I love the plants and the vibe, but let me tell you, being in nine months of perpetual cold, wet weather is... It's quite a bit, and the people here and the plants are tough that they've lived here for so long because those of us from closer to the equator, this is no joke, but today the sun is out, the sky is blue. I know that the energy of our country today may be a little bit restless and uh, struggling to see the love and the beauty still, and it's... It's never going to end. These things will never stop. The waves will never stop. We will always have to learn how to celebrate the life, celebrate the beauty, allow the dark and the death to do its thing as well, and try to lose such attachments to the results of lives and of life, because it will never stop. And if the energy focuses on those things, those are the things that get the energy. I know that's much easier said than done, and when tragedy strikes close or within our hearts or senselessly, it is, it's our way, and it's my way. My heart bleeds deep for all suffering, though in reality, it is a choice, and healing love is still sent out to pierce the hearts and soothe the suffering. So... Today's podcast is going to go ahead and stick with what I felt on my heart for the last week to share. And in our world, these solutions don't always seem large. Though again, what we put our energy to is what gets our energy. And the dark will always be there regardless. So today I want to talk about Weeds, actually. And maybe this is perfectly aligned because human beings and throughout that are sprinkled throughout our world, sprinkled throughout our world, are sometimes considered to be weeds. And people believe that certain level of actions, certain actions, reactions, certain choices deem certain people not worthy of being alive or being able to stay in society. Perfection, this is perfectly aligned. (laughs) So the thing is, is that, well, in the plant world, the connection will come in my mind as we speak, but in the plant world, weeds, there there was a very targeted propaganda-based creation of the word weeds. The oldest book that I've found that began talking about this new introduction and this shift uh, was written in like the 30s, the late 30s, early 40s, maybe 41. And I can't even recall the name of the book now off the top of my head, though it pretty much was based on exactly what I want to talk about today. In 
weeds, the quote unquote weeds, even when you say weeds, I don't even think people really know what plants are talking about or what weeds look like, but they're some group of plants that we all generally tend to call weeds are almost 100% of the time. And I don't know all weeds well, so I'd probably at one day in my life would get to the point of saying 100% of the time, but I don't know them all well enough now to make that statement. The majority of the weeds of the world are the strongest, most nutrient-dense and healing and courageous plants on the earth. They are the plants that will grow anywhere. They come when they're needed. They provide nourishment uh, and so many other things. And that's across the board with the, the group of plants called weeds. So one of the reasons that these plants maybe have gotten into this reputation is that these plants are, again, some of our best healers and they are readily available everywhere. They grow in through concrete. It blows my mind still. doesn't matter how many times you see a flower growing through the concrete. But it just blows my mind to be walking down any city street and look down and see this this green plant, this life busting through the concrete because these plants, these maybe also invasive, in other words that people would use as invasive plants, um, these plants are highly adaptable and are ready to cover the dirt and do the work that plants do in the dirt, which is providing a foundation for life. Having bare soil, not sand, but bare soil, bare earth, is an atrocity. It's disrespectful to our own foundation. It's like burning your feet. If you burn your feet, you don't have anything to walk on. And when we allow our earth to be scorched because it's uncovered and we allow the powerful energy of the sun to scorch the earth... It's the same thing. We're burning our foundation. And plants know this. That's why plants cover the earth, literally cover the earth. And so when we clear those plants out and we put concrete on the plants, the the plant energy, the plant genetics, the plant seeds are still in that earth. And they they will overtake our cities one day. We're trying to keep them from doing it though it's their natural it's their natural life cycle and the reason is because it's the foundation like our soil is the foundation of our life here and plants are that nourishing and that giving these plants are extremely efficient at reproducing at replicating themselves They use the resources that are plentiful on the earth everywhere. So many of these plants don't need a lot of water to exist because there isn't a lot of water everywhere available on the earth. 
but many of these plants will use the wind to propagate because wind is everywhere. Um, many of these plants will use basic pollinators, bees, flies, things like that. They'll attract these animals because these are available everywhere. These plants are able to, they, they all have extremely strong root systems and that's why they're so powerful because they, their top, their reproductive stuff is, is not that big of a deal. They're growing, they're growing greenery, they're growing biomass, they're growing compost to die, break down, they're growing pollinator food, they're growing, um, life food, you know, mobile life food. They're creating, they're pulling in the energy of the sun and creating nutrient-dense leaves for life to live off of, either breaking down in the soil or putting directly into the bodies or even into the bodies of animals and then having animals eat other animals uh, to get this energy. So it's because of their root system. And the reason why they're not as dependent upon water or a lot of rains, like there's plentiful dandelions in the Pacific Northwest and plantain everywhere. Though it's like that in other parts of the world as well. The desert has dandelion too. The reason is because of these roots. And what happens underground, as we've talked about in the podcast multiple times, and we've even talked about weeds throughout this podcast, but what happens underground is really intense and it's really deep. And the nutrients that life above the ground need to exist, exist underground. They exist over, over as well as above, so below. But they're equally as important. And the ones in the ground are the, are the root, the core, the, the foundational ones, the red fiery ones. They're the ones that, that birth our, our, you know, that ignite us. And the roots of plants are in that roots, you know, like that's where, that's where they're at. They're in the fire. They're in the, in the dark and their job is to break the nutrients up of the underworld to use them themselves and then to bring them up through their root systems and make them bioavailable for life on top of the earth. And I actually believe that humans do, I mean, for my own spiritual experience here, I would say that at least I am doing that on above. I, and I, and we all do, but I can only speak for myself, but we, I, we, whatever, (laughs) um, we are filtering the communication of the above of the heavens. We're in the heavens, like we're walking through the through the heavens that's what that's what above the earth is is the heavens and we are filtering the information of the heavens when wind blows past your face and whips around the curvature of your face you're receiving information of the times wind doesn't go anywhere it's communicating with us and it has been communicating with us over the time and it touches us and it embraces us just like the dirt embraces the roots and it truly is as above so below so below these plants have very thick strong tap roots and they grow down deep 
and they anchor into the, the, the deep, large, solid mass rocks, nutrient dense, literally nutrient rocks, like just pure nutrients of life. They latch onto this. They break down slowly this rock, these nutrients, suck them up into their root system and then use them to grow, to reproduce. They share these nutrients through mycelium networks and other underground fungal networks that communicate and help, help spread these nutrients. Um, and then they bring them up into their leaves as well. And when they die, they drop down to the earth and begin to break down and those nutrients actually break down. So what they're doing is bringing, they're like a conveyor belt moving the nutrients up from the earth into their leaves and then either animals are eating those nutrients or they're breaking down and composting down into the dirt so that we have healthy soil. So why would we want to pick these things? <laughs> why would we want to pick these plants? It doesn't make any sense why we want to, um, why we're on, on an attack of these, I mean, totally <laughs> selfless plants. The reason was because there has been a very literal shift and a decision was made at some point in time to disconnect the masses of us in the cities from our birthright knowledge of plants, of self-healing, of self-learning, of self-sustainability. We need no system. We need no system. We are part of many systems. We need no system. We are the most powerful beings that we know about. <laughs> and the ones that truly, truly, truly inner, fully understand the innate birth given power of the human are the ones that spend their generational energy. They spend their generational energy. They inbred this into their generational line to always be finding new ways to garner the energy of this power source that human that humanity is. That's the real thing that's going on. So, yes, the current presidential election seems super important, but those people are no different than <laughs> any other people who partook in the system of politics, not only in our country, but in the world. It is a total familial line, all of them, and it has been infected in their line, injected into their line to maintain learning the ways to garner the power of the masses. And I am becoming aware of this as well. This is the thing is that once you become aware of it, you learn, okay, it's all about energy. And these weed plants are so efficient at using their energy and at providing energy that once you align with them, you align with that type of a reality. So in a world where your life 
can seemingly be taken so easily outside of your control and your children's and your babies and the old people and all of the helpless people. These stories are told and are created in a very deep reality of be disconnected from your power, guys. Be disconnected from who you truly are and the capabilities that you have to learn to control your power. It's in our foundation. It's in our core. Our energy sources in our core the majority of us have no clue even what that really means on any level. And without knowing that, we cannot activate our energy source. So where I want to take this conversation, the second half of the podcast, is to talk a little bit about our food system. Because I am very passionately invested in our food system and I feel that a part of a large part of my birth and my time here now is to help with the revolution of our food system or even the creation of who knows what exactly the words are um and the reason that I feel so strongly about this is because it really it's kind of a solution to a lot of issues. Um, the, the majority of the food that we eat right now, the majority of the plant products that we eat right now are highly weak annual crops and they've only gotten weaker. We used to have even, we used to have much stronger annual crops though. They get weaker and genetically modified organisms is not anything new. So let's stop the fear-based campaign with GMOs. Like we have to stop talking about GMOs and chanting GMO and fearfully staying away from GMOs because everything that we eat is GMO. (laughs) We are not eating anything um, native or, you know, like the vast majority of the food that we all eat is genetically or are genetically modified organisms. Now, the depth of what they're doing now with injecting things into bacterium and all this, obviously, things have expanded and become more technological, but that's what we do. Don't think, though, that we're not eating and haven't been eating and wasn't and weren't bred and raised and our parents weren't bred and raised on genetically modified organisms because we have been. The majority of the meat that people eat is genetically modified, like um, cows and chickens have been made. Those aren't wild animals. Those have been created. We have, we have created the world we live in right now. And I don't think necessarily that that's a bad thing. And I don't necessarily think that it's the wrong thing. The what I do and my heart feel is that too many of us have forgotten or, or have forgotten the truth of it though. And when we become aware of the truth, we can make healthier decisions. And then collectively, we may come to the realization or feeling or intuition that this isn't the best way, (laughs) because maybe it isn't. So the annual crops that we're eating, the tomatoes, the peppers, broccoli, um, kale, spinach, wheat, rice, although I'm learning about people attempting to perennialize 
wheat and have recently heard that rice is perennialized in China, which I've yet to dig into yet, but I will. And I'll share about that on the podcast at some time because that's really interesting. Although that is only through genetic modification. (laughs) So when perennial rice is being sold, if it isn't already, and when that comes out into the market and when people are like, oh my goodness, we have perennial rice, save the world. The world is saved. Um, I have to remember that that too is genetically modified. And so the majority of these plants are annual crops. And what an annual plant is, is that it has one life cycle. It lives one couple seasons, but one year. You plant it, it grows, it does its thing, it, it births, it greens up, bushes up. It does all the things, the nutrients and photosynthesis and water, etc., Um, it sprouts, it's flower, pollinators come, pollination happens, seeds grow, and then the plant begins to die. And that's it. That's the plant cycle. It's done. You got to take those seeds and plant, save the seeds, keep them safe, that genetic information, and then plant them the next year. Well, that's really cool. And it, those foods are tasty and yummy and they're calorie rich. Um, and we've even been kind of led into believing that controlling seeds and uh, is is almost godly because seeds the, the, a seed has the all of the information of life all of the nutrients of life it is uh, it is it's waiting to be alive <laughs> it's amazing what a seed is but we've been given seeds in a way and given this, this control of this food system in a way that we think because it's what we're normal, it's what we're used to is, is, is the natural way. Like that's what natural is. And it is, it's natural for this time. Though if we look back a little bit, which is what Sankofa is all about and which is why Sankofa Farms is the creation that we really will ultimately create is in order to know where we're really going, we got to go back and find out where we're from and we're not from those types of plants. And why are we not from those types of plants? For me, it's a couple of reasons. Primarily, life really isn't about working. <laughs> um, I'm here to do some work now. And I'm dedicated to my work and I'm very clear about what my work is. It was given to me at birth and I'm cool with it. Maybe not at birth even, maybe, you know, this is what I keep coming back to do is what I'm here to do. And that's for all of us. So I do get that in the times we're in now and perhaps even the word work has been, it's just, it needs to be redefined and reworked (laughs) because... What I feel I'm doing is living, is just being myself. You know what I mean? And like in that, it, you know, it's almost, it's work in this world to be myself. (laughs) And because I, because it's so easy to be someone else or it's so easy to stray. It's so easy to complain. It's so easy to get upset or be perturbed or be annoyed or be fearful. It's so easy to be scared so easy. It's work for me to not be scared. The smallest thing can happen in that fear-based reaction comes in and I have to work to not be scared, you know? So there is some work though. Life isn't about toiling work. It's not about being on your knees in the dirt, 
digging and tilling the earth and putting seeds in it. That's not what nature does. That's not natural, guys. And it's the farmer tradition. And I am speaking to many of, 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 of my people that grow plants and my plant people out in the world. It's we don't have to work like that. It's not what nature is about. So if we really want to align with what's natural, our natural sense, our our past, we got to align with the perennials. We have to find a way to perennialize our food system. And that is what food forestry for me is all about. And this is a deep these are this is a really deep, you know, um, topic because food is so culturally ingrained in us. We feel so attached to foods. I mean, tomatoes are like the basis of tomato is like the basis of so many cultures, cuisines, and especially just one large ancient one. Um, not, you know, super ancient, but been around for longer than us. Um, So it's deep and we look at a lot of the plants on the earth, not as food. We look at them as, as decoration and for fun, uh, for beauty, for pollinators, for other animals to eat. But we don't think of them eating, you know, for us to eat them ourselves. Uh, But that's where we got to get to. And that for me, at least, that's the shift that I would love to that I'm here to help influence, inspire, and infect into young people's minds. Um, because that's a, that's a future I'd want to be a part of. I would love to be a part of a world that let's just talk about agriculture, which changing the agricultural system would trickle down and change and affect, you know, obviously so many other systems, but just the agricultural system. Let's say we just freed up the energy of natural resources, of the human, of the heart, of the mind that goes into producing annual crops every year. We took that energy and for a short amount of time invested it into building self-sustaining food forests all over the place. What could we do with that freed energy? Seriously, (laughs) As as a creation as a as a realm as humanity what could we do with that energy guys like we could change everything and obviously this is super dreamy and idealistic and perhaps even going towards utopia except for the fact <laughs> that it's how we used to live <laughs> Um, it's hilarious to me, you know, so let the Pisces be the dreamer because, and the bridge maker because, because it is how we used to live. So we don't have to be fearful of this. We don't have to think that this is an impossible to attain. We have to work hard to not be scared. When your time and everyone you know's time comes to die, you will die. And you will go back to the earth and you will cycle back through whatever it is that we're a part of. And your time here will be done in this body, in these memories. And that's what you were born to do. 
So we have to disconnect from this fear-based world of just be scared and then pick a side because you're scared and spend your energy doing that fear. Let me pick a side so that I don't feel as scared because I won't be by myself over here. I can join this group of an idea. Is it your idea? Are you really scared? Is it more of a heart, a pull on your heart that things aren't right and you know you want to change them? Or are you really scared like that you're going to be injured? Because I think for most of us, what we really just feel is, oh my gosh, things really, <laughs> things really are crazy. And sure they are, but they always been crazy. Imagine what it was like to live during the Crusades. <laughs> Imagine what it was like to live during the time of the enslavement of any bodies because bodies have been enslaved, brown bodies and other color bodies have been enslaved throughout time. Imagine what it's like to live during that time. So fear, you know, it's always been like this, guys. These times aren't new. Sure, the technology has changed and the propaganda has gotten bigger, but you know why it's gotten bigger. It's because we are getting bigger we're getting stronger. We're rising. This isn't a joke. It's happening. There is a shift happening on in time and it is a a cyclical shift. It is the cosine movement of things. Things always move like this. And for a long time, that generational, um, that generational, movement of uh, or control of energy that group of people that we call the one percent but it's not even that right like that generational group of people they have known for a long time that this time was coming and so the propaganda has been being put in place and culturally created in the music oh my gosh in the music guys like we're tuned to music, you know, like this stuff has been put into our culture and into our world for a long time. So much so that now there are young people coming up thinking that they have the answers because they've been taught to think that they have the answers. The answers are just another choice. The answers are in nature, interdependence, diversity, nourishment, and at the end it's death. That's our answers. That's our truth. And I'm not saying that that particularly those four words, those four categories, those four topics will solve any issues. The only thing that will solve any issues is our heartbeat. That's it. And so the healing begins within. We go in. We find our own personal spots that are sick, that are not well. We find our dark places, we enlighten them. We may not even need to keep the light there. We may be able to move the light and take that light and push it out into the world. We don't have to keep our light in our dark places, but we go in there and we illuminate them and we find out what's there. We realize, oh, there's nothing to fear. The only thing I truly fear is death and that's going to happen inevitably. So other than that, there's nothing that I can fear. Me and you are just the same. We bleed the same blood. You don't need to fear me. I don't need to fear you. It's so real. So this topic went a few other places because of the morning energy that I woke to. And I definitely just wanted to make sure that I put my energy into that and that I touched my energy. I injected my energy into the world of healing, of aligning with plants and aligning with health 
as a human, as a soul, as a being, as an individual entity, as my family, as my community, as our world. We can heal. We are health. We can stand and rise in our health. The dark is always going to be there and it has its value too. Because we only change when we're uncomfortable. Now, what type of change comes depends on where our energy is at. And are we vibing up high with the light? Uh, Not even necessarily that's figuratively, but (laughs) anyways, we're at 30 minutes. So I just send so much healing love out to the people, out to my people, to us. I love us. I love you. Happy Sunday. Thank you for tuning in. And I just um, send the love out, guys. Talk to you soon.